Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 31st episode of The Soccer Scene with myself, Adrian Finnan, and Noel O'Connor with glee in his face ahead of the extra Dari quarterfinal this week, I suppose, Noel, if, if, if that's true, I suppose. Um, huge victory, Noel, for 3D United against Bray Wanderers last week, a 2-1 win at the Markets Field. I suppose, look, Noel, what were your overall thoughts on the performance? 3D seemed to be in control for quite a bit of the game, but, you know, as typical of any uh, League of Ireland game, a nervy finish when it didn't seem like it would be. Absolutely, yeah, I thought they played very well. Um, started the game on the front foot and uh, created some really good chances. Um, there was a good few chances in the first 10 or 15 minutes, but I thought the Bray ones, you know, came from kind of lucky breaks. There was no structure to them, but Treaty looked really determined to um to put the game to bed early and certainly played really well in 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 that first half and were full value for for their two 0 halftime lead. Yeah, absolutely, they had a, a really good start. Got scored a really good goal. Stephen Christopher was on the end of it, but a good move between Dean George and Mark Ludden as well before Stephen Christopher finished it. And Dean George scored what is becoming nearly a trademark run across the front post. Flick on glancing header at, from a free kick, a low delivery from Stephen Christopher again, who was actually in the thick for, of the action. Noel, I did speak to him after the game, and he did admit that he didn't feel, you know, totally pleased with the performances that he put in over the last couple of months. I know that we were relatively critical of him, you know, and some other supporters were in, in some quarters in terms of, you know, as he said himself, the impact he had on the game. But there was no doubt in that uh, on Friday night. Yeah, listen, I thought he played really well. And I suppose just back to what, you know, obviously guys don't go out not to play well. And, you know, I wouldn't be saying that we were critical, but we were just stating, you know, what we see. And um, he was a player that was getting a lot of game time. And, you know, we were looking to see the contribution. I've often spoke about, you know, the three things that you have to do in football, stop goals, create goals and score goals. And um, he certainly wasn't ticking a lot of those boxes, you know, for the amount of game time he was in. But listen, in fairness to him, he he knew that himself. As I said, we weren't really jumping on him to to criticise him, just uh, stating facts. And we'd be the first to say that Toddy played really well. He looked really bright um, in the game on Friday night. And, you know, I thought the front four really, far three, he were very good. Uh, Dean George and... And the current as well, and Willie Armshaw, and they looked a real a, a real threat every time they got the ball forward. I think a lot of it was to do with the setup of Bray. You know, you know, you talk about playing three at the back, but normally when you're away from home, that three at the back becomes five at the back. But certainly down the the three to left or the Bray right, um, the wing back certainly didn't get the memo that you know he had to defend when they were out of possession, and um, they certainly reaped a lot of reward down there. Mark Ludden took full advantage of the space that was afforded him. And we know the kind of deliveries and 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 his ability. And he certainly made a count in, in that first half. Yeah, certainly. I also, after speaking to, to Stephen Christopher, and this is a question for you, Noel, which your managers had on, I suppose. Um, I, I mentioned to him, was it was it maybe better for him, you know, and did it boost his confidence even through a bad patch that his manager seemed, you know, for the want of a better expression, hell bent on you're definitely in my team, Stephen. Regardless of of you know what else is going on or what form you're in, because we did sometimes question whether he might be left out for other players, and it was rare it happened. It did happen a couple of times, though. But you know, just from your own perspective, I suppose in, even in your own career, did you ever have maybe a couple of players where you said to yourself, "I really do think that their form will turn around, but I have to stick with them because it could be detrimental to their confidence if I take them out." Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and look. That 
could be well be true, but then you also have the guys that whose confidence are getting knocked because they're not getting yeah. game time and they're, and they're looking in and saying, well, what, why is this guy who's not doing great getting the game time? Look, there's certainly merit in what you say. And, you know, and another side to that is sometimes you have to take guys out as well when things aren't going well, maybe to protect them and give them a chance to regroup and, you know, build them up again, you know, off the pitch, if you like. And I know in my own time, I've had to do that with a few guys and, um, Generally, over the longer term, it does work. But uh, look, Tommy picks his team and he's watching them training every week, you know, and we just give our opinion on what we see on Friday nights or Saturday nights. Yeah, absolutely. One big boost for Treaty, Noel, although I was surprised to see how much game time he got was was Jack Lynch, the captain, coming back. I, I was surprised to even see him on, on the starting team when I arrived. I did realise that Ben O'Reardon wasn't there. I think that was true illness. Uh, if our, our sources are correct, from he was missing Friday. So Jack Lynch was thrown in straight at the deep end. Obviously, on the positive side of it, Noel, coming into the back end of the season, he's a huge player for 3D, we know that. Um, I suppose in, in in the other side of it, I suppose if you're someone like Darren Collins, we haven't seen anything of really from uh, Sligo Rovers, who is a right back, he'd, you'd probably be looking saying, I haven't really got much much hope here if, if a lad that hasn't played in, in two months has come back in, even though Jack is so important to Treaty, has come back in and playing uh, 75, I think it was 75 to 76 minutes. Yeah, it was uh, a strange one, I thought, in fairness. And it was great to see Jack back on the pitch. I thought he did really well in the first half. Um, I expected him maybe, you know, maybe to play the first 10 minutes of the second half and maybe come off then. Um, and, you know, they had a warning in terms of how he was doing because... There was a second ch- or a chance before, if you like, the goal scoring opportunity, which came down down his side. But look, the reality is, I thought that he should have been taken off by then. I know Tommy was talking his in interview about Mick Shields, um, asking him how he was. But you know, as a manager, you need to take that into your own hands and and make the decision. He hadn't played for a couple of months, and um, it was an ankle injury, you know, and you need to you need to protect that as well, um, particularly as the game was going really well for them I thought and I know Tommy has played Mark Walsh right back before I thought that he was the obvious one to go back in um, I don't think he would have weakened the team and the fact that they you know at the time if they made the, sub- uh, the substitution at at 2-0 up so hopefully there isn't any kind of long term issues there and, and, and Jack is fit to play again this week but uh, he did seem to be limping as he walked up by the stand so hopefully that's okay for um, for Friday night but certainly if you are Darren Collins, whatever about not starting the game, you know, you probably would have felt that you'd get a run for that last 20 or 25 minutes um, with the team being as as comfortable as it was. So he'll certainly wonder what he has to do to get a, a bit of game time. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we can't comment on, on the likes of training performances, but it was just something I noticed because of how long Jack had been out, uh, to be fair. That's that's just about what I, what I was thinking. Um I suppose we mentioned obviously two really good goals for Treaty. Noel Dean George now adding to his goal scoring tally like the likes of Enda Kern have done in recent weeks. One thing I suppose that will hurt Treaty is the manner of the goal, especially Jack Brady. He would have wanted that clean sheet. They've been keeping many of them in the last, uh, you know, maybe the last couple of months, really. They've been keeping many of them. The manner of the goal will really annoy him, I'd imagine. Yeah, look, they didn't cover themselves in glory. There's no doubt about it. I felt that, you know, they, they, the start of the second half, you know, they didn't seem to know if you like, like they were two nil up and very comfortable. I thought that they probably needed to drive on a little bit more. The game kind of floundered or listed a little bit. And uh, to give Bray credit, they kept on trying to play. You know, they were 
all the time trying to get the ball forward and pass it and move it around. But like Treaty didn't show that same intent. I thought maybe if they show that intent again for the first 15 or 20 minutes of the second half and maybe added another goal and put the game to bed at that stage, well, then obviously, you know, you're looking at taking off Jack Lynch and, and not having an early finish. But look, overall, they won't... No. No team is happy with any goal that they concede, but uh, look, it was it was more than a, a comfortable two one victory. If you look at the scoreline, it looks tight, but the reality is, if you were watching the game, it was it was a lot better than than the scoreline suggested. Yeah, that certainly was the case. And obviously, the big news on the night, Noel, was coupled with that was obviously at Lone Town uh, beating Wexford. So you've got a, a nine point gap uh, for Treaty you now off the back of that with four games left. I mean, no treaty player or manager or coach will say that it's done and dusted. But you'd imagine you're as close to done and dusted as you can be with Wexford. With some of the fixtures Wexford have, they have to win every game, including playing treaty on the final night. Surely that treaty will get there. My, I suppose my question to you, Noel, isn't anything to do with that. It's more of a case of, you know, I'm think, trying to think back to our pre-season predictions now, but... Do you think that it's a, a huge success that Treaty got there? Or in your own opinion, was that what you were expecting from them? Was kind of around a fifth-place finish and getting to the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think we would have had them, I think, fourth or fifth, certainly fifth anyway. Um, I think they'd obviously be disappointed if they didn't. Um, look, it's it's great that there is that bit more excitement in the first division than maybe before, where people wouldn't be jumping up and down about coming fifth. But obviously, it gives you a chance still of being promoted. So... It can't be sneezed that they were fourth last year and they've come fifth this year. So there is a bit of consistency there. Um, with the players that came in, the likes of Endicorn, you know, you would have expected them to get there. There's some really, really good players in that team, and certainly players that clubs higher up in the league would, you know, would probably want. I'm sure Galway are looking at at Mark Ludden and Endicorn now, and whatever about the manager, the fans are certainly saying, you know, if we had those two lads, you know, would we be closer to the top of the league and they probably would be. So that's the advantage of where Treaty are, you know, in terms of the, of, of, of the geography and what they can offer. And uh, it's good that those kind of players will be attracted to play here and it'll certainly give uh, Treaty a chance to be competitive um, every season. Yeah, because I do obviously hear, you know, I mean, we know that their Treaty don't offer huge wages. It's just a, a small... A uh, bit of expense, no, that they, they give out to players from from what we know, um, and and you know the manager has made that clear in his in his comments. But I suppose, look, I just feel myself that outside of Wexford, I did expect that start of the season with the way at loan were, you know, a similar situation. Cove Ramblers didn't expect they were going to be so strong, and Bray has been an undercurrent in Bray all year over this merger, and then things haven't been well. I was expecting Treaty to finish ahead of him. The only thing I will say, no, is I suppose with with Ian Ryan there and his 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 connections. And, and their maybe proximity to Dublin, they obviously put up a, a big charge. So on that front, I suppose, is it a success that Treaty managed to finish ahead of them, especially considering I know that maybe Wexford have ambitions to to improve their budget in the next couple of years. Yeah, and I certainly think next year that, that is going to happen. There was obviously no change to the budget this year. And from speaking to, to people who I know in Wexford, I'm, I'm well aware of what the budget is. And a little bit like... Treaty, you know, there's obviously some high-profile players there, like Dini Carpen, for example, but probably a bit like Andy Curran, he wanted to play at, at this level and, you know, the money wasn't his motivating factor to go there. So that's the advantage of, of what Wexford have. Um, I suppose from where they were last year, they're probably the most improved team in the division. 
Um, and it's difficult, you know, to go up two or three places even is is quite difficult. You can ask Catalonia and Cove that because yeah. they haven't made the same strides this year than, you know, the Wexford have. But uh, obviously being close to Dublin as well, there was a bit of a, you know, a, because of their success in the Cup, I think as well, kind of put the spotlight on them in terms of what they could do in the division. But look, they're probably where they are. And I think if they had gone beyond treaty, it would have been a, a, a massive achievement, which they didn't do. And um, treaty have them, you know, the, they're actually nine points ahead of them. So they're probably where they want to be. And I suppose it'll be next year before you see more improvement. It'll be difficult for Ian Ryan as well. As I said, there's been a lot of hype about them and a lot of improvement about them. But to do that again, um, to get to that level and beyond it again, you know, it'll certainly be a tough task as it is for every club. Yeah, certainly. And we will get on to the specifics. It's a huge week, Noel, as we mentioned at the very top of the show. We have a, an extra Dottie Cup quarterfinal to preview between Treaty and UCD, which will take place to Mark's Field on Friday night. Um, just from your own experience, Noel, obviously we've we've discussed in depth in the very past, you know, with, with your ex-players and yourself, your, the League Cup run in 2002, but also you had brought Limerick FC in the past to a quarterfinal of an FAI Cup and, and a semi-final of a League Cup in the later years, 2005, 2006 as well. I was just wondering, Noel, you know, for players in the treaty camp this week and likes Tommy Barrett, is there a different feeling when you're, I suppose, not used to getting to maybe the latter rounds of, of these tournaments? Is there a different feeling in training? Is there a different buzz ahead of games like this? Oh, I think there's no doubt there is. And it is a distraction um, regardless of where you are. And um, certainly for treaty, the way last weekend went, you know, it's a real opportunity because you look, as you say, in public, they won't be saying that, that they have got that fifth, but like whatever treat you do, it's hard to believe that Wexford won't drop a few more points between now and the end of the yeah. season outside the outside the treaty game. So it, listen, it's a great week. They'll really be relishing that. They'll be delighted with the draw and they're at home. Um UCD fighting for their lives at the basement of 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 the Premier League. And uh, you know, with what happened, it's only less than twelve months ago since they had their their playoff with UCD. And I know like both teams, there's some changes in personnel, but you saw UCD winning in the Marcus Field, but then Treaty were good enough to go up and win in um in the bowl. So that's actually something it. I was going to ask you, Noel, you know, about the last year, because obviously there was a bit of a rivalry built up over the season between the normal league campaign and then the playoff campaign. And Treaty, you know, ran UCD close when it looked unlikely from the first leg that time when UCD did play really well. That, I suppose, is a fear that UCD do like the Marcus Field. There's no doubt about that. Um, and it's in good nick at the moment. Um, but I suppose, is there any credit due to, you know, you know, like we'll say a Treaty, and you said you, you mentioned the overall changes in the squad, but in terms of, you know, will that manifest itself that rivalry from last season, do you think that'll manifest itself in, in the cup game or is it going to be totally different? You know, the playoff uh, two-legged will be all forgotten. I think in Treaty should have learned a lot from that game. I think it's probably a game that more than any other game is kind of irking them since. Um, you know, they didn't kind of lay a glove. They were at home. I know Tommy was talking about the crowds last week. You know, there was a very decent crowd at that game. You know, and you can say that Treaty did themselves justice on the night. You know, um, they didn't lay a glove on UCD. They kind of were very standoffish and they let them play all over the pitch. 
you know, and to kind of prove that point, which they did, I did mention on the podcast that week that when Treaty went 2 0 up in the bowl, then, then they'd really regret what happened in the Marcus Field, and they subsequently did go 2 up in, 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 in the bowl, yeah. you know, and uh, I think they'll have learned a lot from then. I think the players, there's a lot of players who were involved, will still be there, and they'll certainly be determined for that, you know, for that not to happen. And this is a real opportunity because the FBI Cup draw has been really kind to, um, to treaty this year so far and in fairness to them they've taken advantage of that kindness so far and you know as quarterfinals go it, it's been a kind draw as well and uh, I think it's a really winnable game for them but it certainly won't be unless they go on the front foot and maybe be a bit like they were last Friday night um, against Bray as opposed to the way they were say a fortnight previously or a week previously against Cove. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what performance we do get uh, from Treaty on the night. It'll be full of determination, I'd imagine, regardless. Um, just to speak on the crowds, and all you touched on it uh, slightly yourself there. I did hear of an article maybe that was in Limerick Post that suggested that you could have up to four and a half thousand at the match Friday. Unfortunately, I do not believe that would be the case. And maybe for playing Shamrock Rovers and they're bringing two thousand down, we might have had some chance uh, of having that. But obviously, UCD don't bring a big following, so it'll be all of Limerick that you'll be hoping for. Obviously, no. More realistically, you'd be hoping for maybe to. You know, maybe hit the maybe the thousand mark. That would might be more realistic, and you'd be hoping that would be the case with a quarter final in, in senior soccer on our doorstep for for a change. As I mentioned last week, we've been starved of, of them, and we've discussed that in detail. Yeah, look, it's hard to predict what will be there. I think a thousand would be great. You know, you're you're kind of doubling your crowd. You know, yeah. with a thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're talking about UCD. They were never a great draw. They're not even a great draw for themselves. But um, I think I think more importantly that it's a game that can really propel Treaty into the national news. I know Tommy was, you know, we're going on a few weeks ago about how Wexford seemed to be getting a lot more headlines. But uh, certainly getting into the FEI Cup semi-final and look, if you look at it, they'd be the the team, if you like, that every journalist in Dublin will want to do a story about, you know, because obviously they're going to be surrounded by the likes of whoever, Bohemians, Dundalk or Derry or Rovers or whoever, you know, so they'll be the standout team there um, at that stage, you would think. Mm. So um, it's it's to focus on on Friday night and maybe not repeat the mistakes of of the home playoff game last, uh, last season. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. UCD had a huge win against Dundalk last week, Noel, 3-2, which really boosts their survival bid when Finn Harps also had a really heavy beating against Shamrock Rovers. A lot of people were saying, oh, geez, you know, if UCD can do that to Dundalk, then obviously they, they can do it. In one way, I was thinking, you know, maybe it's a negative going into the game, but, you know, in a positive sense, it also now heightens UCD's chances of staying up. So maybe their focus might slightly shift away from uh, the quarterfinal, the fact that they now have a really realistic chance of avoiding automatic relegation. Yeah, well, I, look, um, I think that they'll see the value of it as well. Mm. They'll all want to play in an FAI Senior Cup final. You know, they'd have been schooled in the Collingwood Cup and, uh, you know, the success of, of cup competitions. Um, I actually... Probably had treaty a bit stronger favourites myself in my head until I saw I saw UCD beating Dundalk three two. Um, there's certainly no negative to be found from that result. I think you know it'll boost their confidence as well. And uh, it's really like anything. Well, there, I think. well, they'll want to keep that winning run going as well, won't they? Like if, if they can win yeah. now this weekend, then their you know their next Premier game they're talking about, you know, winning three in the bounce, which is something that they probably wouldn't have done this season so far. 
So, uh, look, I think it, it just probably makes it a little bit tougher um, for Treaty, I think. But, uh, look, we're certainly looking forward to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose in terms of the team, Noel, for the game, wouldn't have really discussed or really thought in my own head that there'd be much changes to the 3D team. I suppose the only conundrum is, I mean, is Ben O'Riordan going to come straight back in for Jack Lynch? Like, I suppose, Noel, you'd imagine so, considering the, the fact that would you play Jack Lynch twice in, in the space of a week after being out for two months, not playing any football? Well, I suppose what I would like to have done with him is maybe playing for 50 or 55 minutes last week and then hopefully to get 65 or 70 out of him mm. this week. That's the way that I would have been thinking. And uh, I think if he is fit, you know, I think that he should start again. Mm. And um, at least if Ben O'Riordan is OK, well, then he uh, there'll be an option on the bench that, that Tommy has a bit more confidence about in, in, in terms of making that change if he has to make it. But I'm sure that Jack will be willing to play in that match as well. You know, it won't be lost on him the importance of that and and the chance to get to an FAI Cup semi final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the UCD team, Noel as well. Um, I I can't say I've watched an awful lot of UCD this year. I followed the results and the likes. So, but you know, from last year's playoff, obviously they don't have the likes of uh Cullum Whelan anymore in their in their ranks at the moment, and. Uh, the young boy Lonergan has scored, I believe, eight goals in, in 16 matches for, for UCD. He seems to be on quite a form. He scored two goals against uh, Galway as well. You also have the likes of Sean Brennan still there, Sam Todd. You know, So when you actually looked at the team, which I have done obviously over the last couple of days, um, to try and familiarise myself with it a bit more, um, it just shows you like the, the task that truly really have ahead of us. At the end of the day, as Tommy Barrett said, like they're a Premier Division side. And he's right, and Evan Caffrey as well. You can throw into the mix, and Evan knows him. Yeah. I know uh, Liam Kerrigan is another, you know, player that was a turn in um, Treaty side last year who isn't there as well. But look, they they get seventeen or eighteen scholarships in every year. You know, they're they're the best players in the country who haven't left the country at that age, if you like. Um, and that's there's always that bit of quality and pedigree there. But the other side of that is, you know. They don't have kind of the hardened pros like, you know, Mark Walsh and Mark Ludden and even Enda Kern. You know, they'd, they'd, they'd lack those guys, if you like, and, th and that always gives you a chance. But they're certainly a team that, that you, you know, you don't let them play in the front foot early and get a foothold in the game and get their confidence up. You know, you'd certainly be determined to keep uh, your thumb down on them in the first 10 or 15 minutes of, of, of the game and make it a battle. Yeah, hopefully we will be discussing uh, a possible semi-final date no, next week and, you know, an R a rare RTE appearance, that's for sure, in, in senior soccer in, in Limerick. Uh, we've had only about four or five in the last 12 or 13 years, but before that it was an even longer spell, I'd imagine. So, um, obviously we'd be hoping that 3D United can upset the odds as UCD will surely be slight favourites going into the game anyway, at least um, being the Premier Division outfit, but hopefully they can upset the odds and we do wish Tommy and the team uh, the best of luck going into that game against UCD.